Welcome to another episode of the Pretzel Podcast, the world's only podcast devoted to pretzel news, culture, and flavor. We take you now to Pretzel World Headquarters in Milwaukee. Well, hello, and thanks for being with us for another edition of the Pretzel Podcast. I'm Mitch Tyke, And I'm Michelle Maternowski. We are two pretzel aficionados from the Midwest United States, sharing our love for the snack food that we all know and enjoy. And Michelle, it turns out that what we are doing here is not only fun, enjoyable, and tasty— it is fun, enjoyable, and tasty, right? We yes, are, we're yes. still having a good time. Good. Uh, but it is inspirational also, not in terms of religion and spirituality, although I think I think we can all say that we are members of the, the church of, of tasty dough. Uh, but I am talking literally inspirational here in the sense that the Pretzel Podcast is inspiring people to go out and do things. Do pretzel-related things. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. We heard over Instagram about a couple of pretzel field trips that people have taken after listening to the Pretzel Podcast. And, you know, you think about pretzels and you think about, oh, I'm just sitting on the couch and, and wolfing down pretzels while I watch sports on TV. Uh, so it's nice that people are, are being active in their pretzel enjoyment. <laughs> um, and it should surprise no one, at least no one who is a regular listener to this podcast, that they both involved what state? Pennsylvania, of course. A listener named Sean posted from Fishtown, PA, which is actually a neighborhood in Philadelphia, that listening to the first few episodes of the Pretzel Podcast was enough to make him to go out and get some pretzels. Uh, He posted a picture of what he brought home. It was a bag of Utz butter-flavored waffle-shaped pretzels. And uh, we have tasted Utz on this podcast before. In fact, I think Utz was your own pretzel memory, right? Those were the the, the Utz uh, sourdough. Barrel of Utz. Yeah. That was delicious. And here in the Midwest, it's hard to find Uts except in those big barrels at places like Costco. And I think uh, I got ours at World Market. Um, but on the East Coast, Uts are all over the place. Uh, and uh, maybe next time one of us is on the East Coast or one of our especially ambitious listeners <laughs> might uh, send us some of those butter-flavored waffle-shaped pretzels because we have not really done butter pretzels yet. We have not done. That's a whole you know, whole different world we haven't stepped into. <laughs> Uh, we also heard from uh, somebody else on the East Coast. Yeah, Molly. She also uh, reached out on Instagram. She told us that she loves the podcast, so thank you, Molly. Um, and we inspired a road trip from D.C. to P.A. over the weekend. Um, she posted a whole series of photos from her trip to the York City Pretzel Company um, in York, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not sure if there were other pictures that she sent along as well, but... Yeah, there were. Uh, she had pictures of the of the sign outside and kind of what the place looks like. And one of the pretzels, it, it looked pretty good. Pretty jealous. Yeah, I started investigating York City Pretzel a little bit further. And one of the things that struck me looking at the pictures of the pretzels from York City Pretzel is um, they definitely look handmade. They they're not all exactly the same shape, which is kind of uh, it's kind of nice. Refreshing. In sort of the you know in the in the generic you know. Uh, and I'm not criticizing Auntie Anne or Wetzel's or any of those places because uh, they make a ton of pretzels every day. And without some kind of automation, it would take forever to make those pretzels. However, <laughs> I am all set for a road trip to York City Pretzel uh, the next time I am in the Mid-Atlantic visiting my Maryland relatives and friends. And then you can bring an old one back for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, we talk, when we talk with, uh, what is it, Matt Wessel at uh, the Milwaukee Pretzel Company, he said the best pretzels are the ones that have been sitting out in That's his car for true. three days, right? That's true. Or you could freeze them. 
Yeah. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you, even if it's just posting a picture of pretzels that you've gone out and bought after listening to us. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Pretzel Podcast. So before we get any further, I want to flash back to the last episode, episode 13 of the Pretzel Podcast. We reviewed a couple of brands. They were Bachman and they were Terrell or Terrell. We still haven't figured that we out. We pretty much ate all of them since then. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> disappeared from your office quickly. Those uh, are popular pretzels. Yeah. Now, uh, Terrell or Terrell, these were local pretzels made in Syracuse, New York, and I used a particular word that I thought might describe them. Let's flash back for a second and hear what that word was. Yeah, this, these are, if you kind of like that little bit, um, I don't think burnt's the right word, but it's a little more cooked <laughs> flavor. Yeah, I, I'm i going to roll out <laughs> a, uh, a foodie kind of word, and I think I'm using it right, but I guess not being a food expert aside from a food eater. Just playing one on a podcast. Piquant, P-I-Q-U-A-N-T, that might be the word for it. It's just a little bit – it's that little bit burnt taste. Um, I will agree with you since I have no idea if that is correct or not. It's mm. very piquant. Is that <laughs> correct usage? And you could probably dunk this in picante sauce. <laughs> So I looked it up. I looked it up. I was using piquant accurately. That is exactly what I was talking about, that kind of burnt and yet not unpleasant taste. A little bit different than uh, – you remember those weird English things that we tried with Anne Vravik, uh, the name of which is completely oh, escaping me? Oh, yeah. They were like – they kind of look like Cheetos, but then they tasted like – burnt ketchup or something? Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. I don't know what they're called either though. Yeah, those were those were kind of – Picant in a maybe negative sense, but the the Terrell had just a slightly burnt but pretty tasty flavor to them. Congratulations! Thank you. On Thank the, you very much. Your vocabulary. I'm go play Scrabble now. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, how about uh, pretzels in the news? Yes, yes. This is this is a very exciting pretzels in the news. Pretzels in the news. So we always say it's a quick pretzels in the news. This is not going to be a quick pretzels in the news. This is a pretty in-depth pretzels in the news. It is, in fact, another very international edition of pretzels in the news, starting with this news from Hospitality Magazine. Did you purposely move your paper more so it would make more noise? I did. (laughs) Uh, This is an Australian publication about, I would imagine, hospitality. I Yeah, going from the name of the magazine. Yes, probably yes. not about hospitals. No. Um, and I will quote from Hospitality Magazine, uh, a Newcastle restaurant has been convicted for operating as an unauthorized bar after inspectors found it had only one item on its menu <laughs> after 9 p.m. Uh, we skip forward a little bit. The duty manager said there was a, quote, limited menu available after nine. That limited menu turns out to be... One sad pretzel. <laughs> uh, German-style pretzel with a cheese dipping sauce and cracked pepper. Now, this seems like an okay limited menu to me. It's just very limited. Very limited, yes. And apparently, I guess if you're in Australia and you claim that you have a limited menu and you're a restaurant, it has to have more than one item on it. Maybe two. The cheese should count as the second item. And then the cracked pepper. Exactly. Yeah. And we were laughing, but 
the magistrate, David Price, says, quote, this is not a matter to be trivialized. There needs to be a general deterrence in the hospitality industry. There should be a clear and consistent message that there must be full compliance with liquor license requirements. So yeah, I think his point is if you're going to call yourself a restaurant, you can't just be a bar that calls you yourself a restaurant. more than a pretzel on your menu. Or at least several pretzels. <laughs> know, right? There's enough different kinds of pretzels that, yeah. Funny you should mention that. Uh, because the other international pretzels in the news item comes to us from bakingbusiness.com. These are the same people who are bringing the world the webinar, A Superior Solution to Natural Mold Inhibition. Did you sign up for that? Later in September. Um, I think I might have missed the deadline. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. Uh, they also offer the article, Three Trends to Watch for at IBA 2018. IBA... Uh, is apparently the world's largest trade fair for baking and confectionery. Now, we went to the Sweets and Snacks Expo in Chicago, which was incredible. I can only imagine what IBA 2018 is. Unfortunately, I don't know that the people who pay our salaries are going to send us to Munich. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. um, And the the people at bakingbusiness.com, as I said, they, they say there are three trends to watch. Uh, they're talking about the back to roots theme, and that's a return to regional specialties, um, which they say provides an opportunity for bakeries to move away from being mere providers of baking products to focus more on the enjoyment of baked goods, especially as a component of a sandwich or part of a meal. I can totally get behind that. So use your bread in a sandwich. Uh, yeah, well, and and they point to several trends again um, in the within this back to the roots uh, theme. One of them is brioche, which you know, uh, if we hadn't done a pretzel podcast, I would that totally would be down the with a brioche <laughs> podcast. Yeah, um, they are also looking at the globalization of casual dining and quick service restaurants, and the <laughs> what they say is the premiumization of the sandwich. Oh, so expensive, fancy sandwiches. Yes, exactly. And they say the takeaway trend has transformed the German ethnic specialty, the pretzel, into a mainstream snack. It wasn't mainstream already? No, they say, and this is, again, according uh, according to the people in Germany, they used to think of pretzels as an ethnic snack. Um, but there are a lot more products now than traditional pretzel twists. Um, they they call them the perfect snack. Uh, again, we would agree. Interesting. But I followed the IBA 2018 rabbit hole. Right? Fell, I, I followed pretzels you, down you the fell rabbit hole. into the hole, yes. Exactly. And learned that the IBA is offering for the first time the German pretzel diploma. So amazing. I'll say that again. The German German pretzel pretzel diploma, uh, which they describe as follows. Learn the secrets of the real, original, and traditional German lye pretzels from ingredients above dough and the right shape to the final product in English only. Phew. Yes. Since we do not speak German. (laughs) No, no, exactly. That would make things more difficult. So, again, sadly, it's unlikely we're going to get to IBA 2018. A girl Uh, can dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think if we're going to fully understand the significance of the German pretzel diploma, uh, it's going to have to be by phone. And we are currently on hold. We're going to 
bring up the whole music. Some really awesome music. (laughs) Yes. With something called the Akademie Deutsches Bücher Handwerk. Good job reading that. Thank you. It's uh, they're they're the ones that are doing the diploma program, uh, and we are going to talk with the woman who teaches the class. This is going to be so great. Hello. Hello. Is this Katarina? Katarina speaking. Hi. Hi. This is uh, Mitch Tyke in uh, Milwaukee, along with my colleague Michelle (laughs) Madernowski. Hello. Nice to meet. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Very nice to meet you as well. Thank you so much uh, for being willing to talk with us. Yeah, why not? Uh, to talk about pestos is always good. <laughs> <laughs> How did you happen to become a master baker? Um, I have a schooling here uh, in a master baker school, so it takes six months, and uh, you have to do a lot of examinations, practical and theory, and uh, business administration part. And uh, yes, and of course, you also need to have uh, some um, uh, practical years before. Well, and so maybe the important question to ask is, uh, why did you get interested in this field? Because I love to work in the night. (laughs) (laughs) And um, of course, I love to work with my hands, and I love to see in the end of the day what I've done all day. So, and of course, I love food. Um, I love to eat food. I love food, and I love to make food. So, yeah. So, since we are so focused on pretzels, um, can you talk about the course that you teach? Yes, of course. So, the plan was to um, make two seminars on the exhibition. So, it's the world's biggest exhibition. Um, so the plan was, okay, to do something really, really um, German. So what is more German than a pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> People, they come to the exhibition, they, they will be one week, for example, in, in Munich. And then, of course, in this time, they will decide, okay, we go to the exhibition on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever. And then I think they decide, okay, we do the cheesecake or the pretzel um, diploma uh, course. And then, um, yes, we will see. So how does one receive their pretzel diploma? How long is the course? What what will they be learning? Right, what do they have to learn? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they will learn everything. We will start talking about ingredients. We will uh, do the pretzel from from flour to the baking process. And, of course, we will eat them too. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yes, it will take two and a half hours. What is, um, of course, what is really fast. Um, but it's enough time to um, do the pretzels and um, to speak a little bit about the uh, um, history and everything. And yes. Now we have gone to a pretzel factory here in Milwaukee, and one of the differences that they spoke about in the United States is that to make a really good pretzel, you have to use. Uh, lye bath. Uh, there are some people that make it with baking soda here, but to make a to make a true German pretzel, you have to use lye. Is that something that's uh, that is the case in Germany? Yes, of course. Yes, and you have to use in um, in Swabian. Um, you have to use a lot a high amount um, of fat, of course. <laughs> <laughs> a high amount of fat. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Mitch could read my facial expression. I'm like, I did not understand that one. Um, so 
the other thing that that I've heard and I was hoping you might be able to explain to us is that pretzels are just one part of a bigger, I guess, category called, is it Laugengebäck? Is that the name for the dough? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so if I get what you're saying right, the Laugengebäck is the dough, and for it to be a pretzel, it has to have the standard pretzel shape. Yes, of course. So um, you can do something else from the same dough. So pretzel is just one shape. You can do rolls. Um, you can do fancy things because when we go to baking um, tests or um, yeah, or when you do the regular things in your bakery, then you always do something else from the dough just to see what else is possible when you are an artisan baker. <laughs> so to, but, to you, a yes. pretzel needs to be in that that twisted shape that we think of, the, the crossed arms to make it a pretzel, and if it's not in that shape, is it not a pretzel then? Yes, of course. So, oh. um, But you need to, to separate the Bavarian and the Swabian pretzel because, for example, the, the Bavarian pretzel don't have very thin arms. They have just thick arms, and they don't get the cut. So, oh. um, of course, when you do something else, but in shape they look really similar. But when you do something else from the dough, then, of course, it's a Laugengebäck thing. Mm -hmm. So you also can do like croissants or like rolls. But um, the most of the bakers, they do then an other dough because for like rolls, the dough don't have to be so firm for a like croissant. You can do a normal croissant and put that in a like bath. So this is um, what the German bakers do. <laughs> Well, and I'm fascinated because we there are a lot of places <laughs> in this country that you can get pretzel rolls, but I have never had a croissant with, made from this dough before. Oh my God! What a shame! Right? <laughs> <laughs> Come to Germany. All right, that's what we need to do. So, what do yes. you? So, because in the in the U.S. we have a lot of hard pretzels, and that's the the majority of of pretzels that you can get. So. Is a hard pretzel even a pretzel to you? Does it need to be soft? <laughs> yes, of course. So it's uh, the belly needs to be, we say, belly, belly. Uh -huh. <laughs> so the belly has to be soft, of course. And then the arms, what you said already, um, should be very cross and, yes, thin mm -hmm. and, yeah. So would you think of the uh, the you know the bag of hard pretzels seems like a, a uniquely American phenomenon? <laughs> oh, uh, unfortunately, I know a few um, German bakers. Um, they also do hard pretzels, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I think this is a passion thing. When you have really passion and you love live products, then you do something really great. And when you need to do it because the customer is asking and everyone asking um, about German pretzels, and you hate to do the pretzels because it's a lot of work, then probably the product is not so good. <laughs> Is is there a difference in flavor, in taste between a Swabian pretzel and a Bavarian pretzel? Um, yes, because it all depends on what kind of fat you use. Um, of course, when you want to save money or you want to make a cheap pretzel, then you use uh, margarine <laughs> or oil. And um, in um, Swabian, a lot of bakers, they still use uh, pork lard mm -hmm. for uh, the pretzel. And uh, in Bavaria or also in Swabian, they use butter. 
Okay. I th- and, and I think it's much more common when people talk in this country about a traditional German pretzel, most of them I think are Bavarian. And now I'm really curious to, uh, to have a Swabian pretzel. <laughs> yeah, the Bavarian, they always say the Swabian pretzel have a belly because the, the Swabian people have bellies. <laughs> <laughs> so in Germany, how often... Um, do Germans eat pretzels? Are they included with? Because I think in like the in America, we'll have uh, got to eat. We'll get uh, bread to begin the meal with. Um, do you begin meals with pretzels? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, usually, so when I was a child, or still, um, I eat uh, pretzels for breakfast. Okay. What do you put? So, do you put and... anything on them, or do you just eat them with just butter? This? butter mm-hmm. just cut the belly and put that's why we have a belly because we want to cut it and then um we just cut the belly not the arms so we cut the belly and put butter on it and when you go on a swabian bakery in the morning and you say i want a pretzel with butter or butter pretzel then um you get this wow it's just like blowing my mind this is a, it sounds <laughs> like a wonderful place <laughs> it, it is a wonderful place <laughs> When, when you teach people to make pretzels, what do you find is the hardest thing for them to learn? Is it the, is it the shaping or is there something else in making a pretzel that's difficult for people to, uh, to learn? Yeah, of course, it is the shaping. Yeah, it is the shaping and you really have to go fast because you have a really, really cold dough. And um, the shaping, and it takes a long time, so you need to be very fast. The first thing what um, you learn in Germany when you do an apprenticeship as a baker or as Swabian, and um, it takes you, depends on how good you are, but it can take two, up to a half year to get the perfect, perfect pretzel shape. Mm-hmm. That explains why when Mitch and I tried to shape pretzels, we weren't very <laughs> good at it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't uh, fast and we weren't good. So. <laughs> <laughs> We weren't terrible, but we weren't good. <laughs> yeah, you should come to the uh, you should come to the exhibition and take the class. Actually, <laughs> I, I wish our radio station here would send us to Germany to do this because I really want a pretzel diploma fun. to put on my wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, as as you describe how people in Germany eat pretzels, it, I was thinking about this. Is is are pretzels to Germans kind of uh, – do, do pretzels hold the same place in Germany that, say, baguettes would to people in France? Uh, yes. So in the south. So Bavaria, um, Swabian, that, that is right. In the north, it's more like um, salt bread. So in Germany, it's, uh, it really depends. Um, when you live in the south, then you eat pretzels in the morning when it needs live on the north, then you eat rolls um, for breakfast. So it depends on where you come from. So we need to go to southern Germany. Right. It seems like the south would be the good place to go. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) We have the good baking stuff. (laughs) Well, this is is wonderful stuff. Um, (laughs) It's it's like it's... 
It's like, are are we even eating pretzels when we eat pretzels, Mitch? It's <laughs> it's interesting because right, if, if... <laughs> it's getting down yeah, to the root the of <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing when you when you look uh, when you, you look in the World Wide Web and then you can see always how to do bread, how to do croissants, how to do whatever. But um, you really need to search um, for how to do a pretzel. Well, Katarina Regula, thank you so much. Uh, Dankeschön, and uh, I hope we'll speak with you again. Yeah, um, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, it was a pleasure. And whenever you're in Germany, then just um, give me a call. We will give you email. a call for sure. Of course, and it would be nice. And We'll you, eat pretzels even together. Even if it's not possible, <laughs> and my... Day, and my uh, Get yours full. I will give you um, a lesson in pretzel making. (laughs) We would love that. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Of course. It would be nice. Okay. See you. All right. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Katarina Regula, who is the most wonderful, amazing woman I think we have ever spoken with on the Pretzel Podcast. Uh, She is teaching the German Pretzel Diploma Program at IBA 2018 uh, in mid-September in Munich. But, Michelle, yeah. I'm a little concerned yeah. now after we talked with her. She left us feeling strange. <laughs> is the Pretzel Podcast even about pretzels? Right. Or is it about uh, – what is it about? Do so, I even know what a pretzel is? Right. So Our she pretzel. said in the middle of our conversation that the Germans really don't consider those hard things that we eat in – significant quantities <laughs> to be pretzels. To, to be a, to be a pretzel, it's got to be soft. It has to be in the the twisted crossed arms shape. There's just there's so many things that we eat and we consider to be pretzels and then we talk to her and she's like, "Sorry guys, those aren't pretzels. <laughs> That's something else." She yeah, she basically allowed that there are two kinds of pretzels that they talk about, Bavarian pretzels and Swabian pretzels, and the chief difference between them seems to be uh, that the Swabian pretzels have more fat in them and they have this large belly. And we've got pictures of them um, that we're we're putting out on social media to let people see them. Uh, so then, what the heck are we eating? Yeah, what is the pretzel podcast all about? Yeah, and then we sit here surrounded by bags of hard pretzels, twists, pretzel sticks. Right, Snyders can call themselves Snyders of Hanover, and Hanover is both in Pennsylvania and Germany. But if they're not what the actual people in Germany think of as pretzels, then what are they? This is a this is a heavy. Or can we? As Americans claim ownership of the word pretzels and make it our own. Right. I feel like we, <laughs> we, we we're so having sad. a preexistential crisis here, and I feel like somebody's got to talk us through it. Uh, let's get a philosopher on the line. How about our official pretzel podcast philosopher? Uh, all right. Who are you? Well, I'm Greg Sadler, and I'm a practicing philosopher. So I, I do teach for Marquette and for Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, but I have my own business. I do consulting a lot with ethics and critical thinking and produce a ton of content, especially in my YouTube uh, channel. And you kind of, in your YouTube channel, kind of explain how philosophy interacts with our daily lives, right? Yeah, and I have a lot of clients that I work with who, for one reason or another, uh, need some philosophical concepts as constructs that they can use to make sense out of whatever's going wrong or right in their lives. So have you ever been approached with someone with a pretzel dilemma before? That's a new one to me. 
<laughs> well, good. I'm glad we could uh, make your day a little more complicated because that's what philosophers like, right? Generally, yeah. And <laughs> maybe maybe so much that, that that's part of why we're not popular with other people. We overcomplicate things. <laughs> All right. So the reason we're calling you is that we have what we're calling a pretzestential crisis here. <laughs> um, we do this regular podcast about pretzels, and the pretzels that we typically talk about are what all of us here in this country think of as pretzels, the bag of hard, I don't know. Uh, yeah, a hard twist. You think of Snyder's, you think of rolled gold, pop in your head right away. Right. Yeah, they, essentially and- biscuit pretzels, right? Yeah, biscuit pretzel sure. seems about right. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're sticks, sometimes they're rods. But, you know, the, the thing that they all have in common in this country is, A, they're crunchy, and B, they're salty. And they say pretzel on the bag. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we got to talking with a master pastry chef in Germany about the German pretzel diploma that the IBA is offering this fall. And people who want to learn pretzels the German way. And we think of uh, pretzels as a German snack. They're going to come to this class and they're going to learn how to make German pretzels. And, you know, Michelle, one of the things that we found out is the things that we think of as pretzels here. What did did she have to say about them? Their definition of what a pretzel is is a lot narrower than what ours is. So uh, in Germany, it needs to be soft and it needs to be in that uh, twisted, crossed arm shape, what you think of as a traditional pretzel. So that led us to have this existential crisis, if you will, which is if we are eating something that we think of as a pretzel and somebody else who's in a position to, to pass judgment on it thinks it's not a pretzel, what are we eating? Okay. Well, that, that's a, a good question. And it's similar okay. to beer, right? Yeah, I think because... like a little caveat to add to that is that like, I feel like Germany has ownership over the pretzel. And then it's like the American version competing with what, like who gets dibs on what it is, if that makes sense. It does. And I think we could talk about how terms get extended by analogy. Uh, especially when it comes to product terms. So I, I was going to say, you know, like beer, the Germans have very strict standards about what can count as beer and what can't. And a lot of the things that we call beer over here wouldn't actually pass muster over there because of, you know, the, the extra ingredients we're adding or, mm-hmm. you know, things that we, we think that make it very, very special and extraordinary. Yeah, so pretzel, do the Germans have, are they are they the pretzel authorities? They have the history. Yeah, they certainly have the history. I don't know that it's like, you know, I know when you start talking about champagne, the the wine producers or the champagne producers in that one region of France are the only ones who can legitimately call what they make champagne. I don't know that uh, the Germans have any official authority to bestow the word pretzel on it. Isn't that like such a typical American thing? Like, it's ours now and we're going to change it. (laughs) Well, you know, if you think about some other similar German-derived foods, you know, hamburger, for example, coming from Hamburg, right? Uh, I think the traditional one's supposed to have an egg on it, and they do that in some some fancy places now to, to add it. But most of the time that we're eating hamburger, it's it's not something that I think would be recognizable. Or you know, Frankfurter sausage um, or hot dogs. We call all sorts of things 
by that term. So I, I think you can say that maybe we need to make a distinction here between traditional German pretzels, pretzels in the strict sense of the term, and then analogically extended terms like, you know, our, our American hard-baked pretzels. Because we also have, a, you know, the German-style pretzels over here, too. You know, I'm you're saying this, and it's dawning on me. I was in France for a week earlier this summer, a, a topic that we covered in an earlier edition of the Pretzel Podcast. About... Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, the only reason I bring this up is because I saw a little snack-sized bag of pretzels in a convenience store. Or air quote pretzels. Well, here's the thing. The bag said pretzels, the great American snack. And they were clearly the, the hard pretzels. Well, that's interesting. So that means that you have a pretzel one, you know, German pretzels that are still recognized as such, and that it makes its way over here, and then we expand it because, we, like I said, we still have the soft German pretzels all over the place, buying that, you know, ball games and anywhere you want. And then we have our extraordinarily successful bags of hard pretzels in, in all sorts of shapes and forms, and then it makes its way back into the European context as specifically American. It just seems like America in a nutshell. Right. We, we do co-op <laughs> things. But interestingly, we, we spoke with uh, Katarina Regula, who was the, the pastry chef, and she was actually talking about the difference between Bavarian pretzels and Swabian pretzels. And so maybe there is a third category. Maybe that's American pretzels, and it's something completely different. So hard pretzels in general would be labeled as American pretzels. We just don't call them American pretzels because we're here. Because we're American. We, <laughs> we don't need to. There are pretzels. Right. That'd be like uh, right. the French calling them French fries uh, doesn't make any sense. So they're, they're just, just fries. They're frites. palm frites. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's probably the resolution to the issue right there. So we, we've got, you know, something that happens in language all the time, over time, which is that you have one set of very distinct meanings to start with, and they're not really, you know, nailed down because nobody thinks that they need to be. And then somebody else grabs the term, and it's tied in with, you know, a product or a practice, and they, they extend it further. And then before too long, you know, for those people, that's become the paradigmatic meaning of the term. And now you've got two different terms competing with each other, using the same uh, the same word. And at the very least, I think we can all take comfort in the fact that at least American pretzels are better than American cheese. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> Quite true, yeah. Well, I feel like this has been helpful because I was kind of feeling bad. I feel a little relieved, actually, actually. yeah. Pretzels, but... Well, the, I mean, the bigger question is, well, who has, you might say, ultimate authority over what we call things? And, well, and the answer is nobody. I was going to say Mitch uh, and I because we have a podcast about pretzels. <laughs> well, you, you do certainly in, in that, that area. Well, it depends on people's expertise being recognized. So you guys are authorities precisely by having podcasts. Um, I, I'm, you know, I can be the authority on some things in philosophy because I, I get recognized as an authority in that. But once we start straying over into these you know, pretty broad concepts that it's not clear that anybody owns. It's not like, you're, you're right, it's not like champagne where there is a, what do they call it, something like a mark um, that they have control over. Right, there's not a pretzel institute out Monopoly there. Monopoly that, uh, that can yeah, set although, the I mean, standards that would, of... 
that'd be a smart move for you guys, wouldn't it? You know, establish <laughs> a pretzel institute and then rule There's from certain above. standards, on. and if you, I feel like a big takeaway from this is if we're talking to someone who lives outside of the United States, we should call them American pretzels when we're referring to hard pretzels. But then within the states, we can just call them pretzels and people know what we're talking about. Well, Greg Sadler, appreciate your being the philosopher on call for the Pretzel Podcast. All right. Bye. Bye. If you've taken a road trip inspired by the Pretzel Podcast, we'd love to hear about it. Send us your stories and pictures and we'll share them with the Pretzelverse. You can reach us at Pretzel Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Or send us an email at pretzelpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Michelle. I feel a little bit better having Greg Sadler. Um, So I don't know that we have to call what we're doing the American Pretzel Podcasts. I'm going to assume that most of our listeners are in the United States. When we're syndicated in Germany, maybe we can maybe we when can we, make a special version called the. When it's tr- the podcast is translated into German, we'll add American before the word pretzel. All right, but we can <laughs> I think breathe easy. I don't know, Mitch. We're, we're complicating things a little bit more with the pretzels that we chose to eat today <laughs> yes. for crunch time. <laughs> I think even given Greg Sadler's definition for us, uh, what we're going to have at crunch time might stretch the boundaries of what we think of on the Pretzel Podcast as pretzels. I don't know whether are they endorsed by the Pretzel Institute? Well, are are we the Pretzel Institute? True. We, we are the Pretzel Institute. <laughs> so maybe we will reserve judgment until we try these. What do we have first, Michelle? Well, they're <laughs> well, Mitch, I feel like I'm <laughs> like on the price is right. Um, they both say pretzel on the bag. So that's a good start. Um, <laughs> we have... will be the judge of whether they're pretzels. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, we have a bag of Newman's own uh, organic pretzels. Organic spelt pretzels. Uh, just a real brief about the background of this pretty well-known company, founded in 1982 by actor Paul Newman and author A. E. Hotchner. I felt like I should include him because everyone's like, "Yeah, that's Paul Newman." Right. Um, but there's a reason they call it Newman's Own as opposed to Hotchner's Own. Yeah. Yes. All profits um, from Newman's Own go to charity. That's a a big thing that they're known for. Um, The company actually started with salad dressing. I wonder if these are pretzels that we're going to have, whether you could dip them in salad dressing. Well, you could. Or put them in a salad. If you wanted to. Maybe they're like salad croutons. Crunch them up and, yeah. yeah. Um, Pretzel croutons, that's what I meant. Anyway. Sorry. The, it's okay. Back to your little story. <laughs> I don't have much more. Okay. Um, so the company is headquartered in Westport, Connecticut. And I was looking on their website just to see how many different kinds of pretzels they have. And I found four. Um, so Any recollection of how much you paid for these things? No idea. I'm assuming they're not the cheapest pretzels because they are organic and it's a very compact bag but we should say not much air in that bag it's yeah they really fill it up to the top it's seven ounces um it's got paul newman's face on it (laughs) (laughs) they are shaped like the traditional pretzel yeah they so should we all right michelle what what is what is spelt okay so according to wikipedia um (laughs) (laughs) which is known as the authority on spelt (laughs) 
Here, I'm, I'm just going to read it. Um, spelt was an important staple of the parts in parts of Europe from the Bronze Age to medieval times. It now survives as a relic crop in Central Europe and Northern Spain and has also found a new market as a health food. Quote, unquote. Yeah, which makes sense that Newman's own would have spelt. Sure. Uh, pretzels. Uh, spelt is sometimes considered a subspecies of the closely related species common wheat. Well, and I wonder. So is it wheat? It's, yeah. <laughs> probably not uh, Probably not gluten-free, right? Or is it? It doesn't say anything about this being gluten-free, so I'd assume that it's not. And so I wonder because as we've learned and reiterated over the many episodes of this podcast that Pretzels were first invented in the medieval – I guess they were the Middle Ages, oh. different than medieval times. I was just wondering whether the pretzels that people were making with the crossed arms in the you know, 13th century or whatever were made of spelt. So it's like full circle from the IBA and we're going back to our roots. Maybe. Roots in a different way. Yeah. Should, okay. Uh, Let's have these pretzels. Should we try this stuff? This stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this food matter. First thing I see, besides the fact that uh, they are in the traditional crossed arms pretzel shape, is the color does not necessarily resemble. It makes me wonder if it's about the lye bath or the spelt itself. Um, looks oh. like plenty of salt. There are the, the, the burn marks. Um, they are from... very light. They're a... It's a very beige pretzel. Beige pretzel. Kind of a little harder. Mm-hmm. I think first taste in your mouth tastes like pretzel. Then you start chewing it, and then it's like, what Tastes is, like cardboard. What is it? Yeah, the first taste was very pretzel-like, and it went downhill from there. Thanks, spelt. I guess I'll try another one if I have to. The best thing about these pretzels, the salt. Is that the all profits go to charity? Oh, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just give the pretzels to charity. <laughs> um, it looks like a pretzel. It first tastes like a pretzel. Would you call this a pretzel? I feel like spelt is close enough to wheat that I just feel like it's not a very good pretzel, but it's right. still a pretzel. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think we could. I think we get by with that definition. Uh, These probably won't go as fast as the pretzels we had last. <laughs> no, time. I think the the Bachman and the Terrell pretzels uh, are more going to be more popular than these in your pretzel dish. Um, so Did the, we compare the nutritional information? I, I guess I haven't. Compare it to what? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> Is there uh, anything that jumps out at you as particularly good or bad on that uh, nutrition facts? It looks pretty um, standard. Like okay. the the ingredient list isn't super long. Um, spelt flour, sunflower oil, salt, yeast, and soda contains wheat. So soda, so the, this does not have a lye bath. Probably it has a baking soda bath. So maybe that's the issue. Yeah. They're not expired, so I don't know that where that cardboard is coming from. Um, so maybe when, it's just the, the difference in flavor between the spelt flour and the typical, and wheat flour. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we really like the pretzels, I'll put them in my pretzel jar in my office when we don't like the pretzels that much, we put them in the break room at work. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Where today they have to they have to compete with the the plantain chips, yeah, which are going pretty quickly. I think they might lose out. Not a great aftertaste either. Makes me worry for our next one. Uh, all right, so our next <laughs> one actually is a refugee from the Sweets and Snacks Expo. It's made it. Um, it's, yeah, 
doesn't have an expiration date on it, so let's hope that. Oh, we're, we're a couple days after the expiration date, but days, yeah, it hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah, that's probably a sell by date, right? Yes, Rather I think that I think that's what we found out so recently is that the dates on these are pretty loose. About uh, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to buy expired milk, but this product, eating it a few days after the expiration date, I can't imagine. Yeah, we're not going to get sick. Yeah. from it. Um, so these are, or at least not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these are made by the company from the ground up, uh, and they are cauliflower pretzels with sea salt. Uh, the company is rooted in the belief that food should offer equal parts taste and nutrition, and their mission is to create balanced snack for everyone to enjoy. Uh, looking at their website, it looks like they have um, pretzels and crackers, but and pretty much all of those are made from cauliflower. Um, um, and and I gather there are also some ingredients in these things that we wouldn't find in a normal like Snyder's a cauliflower. Or like besides cauliflower, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so that's what the um, the packaging's really focused on: the fact that these are cauliflower pretzels. Um, but the first ingredient on the list is cassava flour, and similar to spelt, I was like, "What is that?" Um, so I looked it up. It's a starchy tuberous root of a tropical tree used in food in tropical countries but requiring this is the kicker Mitch so be (laughs) careful it requires careful preparation to remove traces of cyanide from the flesh so Hmm. we could get sick if these weren't properly cleaned if this is the last episode of the pretzel podcast you will know what happened (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, the only pretzels that come with a suicide note. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure where this company is based. I looked around on their website, and they didn't really have that information. What I did find is that um, Earthly Treats distributes it, and they are based in Fairfield, New Jersey. Just not too far from Pennsylvania, the pretzel capital of the world. Hop, skipping a jump away. The um, land of cauliflower... Would you say New Jersey? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything in the nutrition label that uh, we should be aware of? It has the same amount of calories as um, Newman's own. Huh. It's just more of the the cassava flour, cauliflower. So it's cassava flour, cauliflower powder, cornstarch, vegetable oil, malt extract, yeast, salt, vegetable blended powder, which includes spinach, broccoli, carrots, tomatoes, beets, and shiitake mushrooms. Oh, boy. Sign me up. By eating one whole bag, which is like a size of like a snack size chip bag, um, it equals one vegetable serving. Well, that is something different from the average bag of pretzels. That is true. Uh, Gluten-free? Certified gluten-free, 100% vegan. Non-GMO, so it's meets all those criteria. One imagines we could find these in any number of they health food stores. have an interesting smell. <laughs> Take the bag. These are pretzel sticks. They look like a typical pretzel stick. So by the looking, Germans would not uh, consider uh, these pretzels. American right? pretzel stick. It does not look like a cauliflower with salt on it. So color-wise, a little closer to pretzel color. Pretzel color than the Newman's but own smell spelt. them. Oh. I don't even know how to explain it. It's not pecant. It's not cauliflower. It's not pretzel. Mm. Maybe it's cassava. Cassava. Okay. Not a pretzel. <laughs> Report, no? Reporting. A little sweeter. 
definitely tastes like cauliflower. And crunch, it's very crunchy. Yeah. I'll say it's not as bad as I was expecting. Oh, the aftertaste is kind of weird. I don't know. I think this is uh, the like the Newman's own where it's like, okay, you're using spelt, but it's still a pretzel where this is it's a little too different. Right. This is like this is like those Philippine sticks that they called pretzels. Like there's some cachet it's like to a pretzel imposter. <laughs> Like if you had a bowl of them sitting out, someone be like, "Oh, you have pretzels sitting out," and then they'll eat them. Like, what are I these? I don't know what that is. If you gave these to somebody in Germany, say, I don't think that they <laughs> would, would in a million blow years. Their mind. <laughs> I don't think in a million years they would think you were imitating pretzels. No. Would you eat them again? I'd be curious to see what they tasted like dipped into something. I mean, I feel like from a, I would if I wanted a vegetable serving. I would just eat cauliflower. Or a carrot stick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I'm a little torn because I don't think these are bad. I don't like the aftertaste. I, I don't think these are a pretzel, but I don't think these are... I mean, we've had worse... For a cauliflower-based snack food. <laughs> yes. It's... Yeah. That is that. Hmm. And yeah, I, I, I will agree the... I've now had like four of them, and the aftertaste is not. You want a Newman's, or is that not going to help? I think I'm going to go and eat some. over over to your office and see if we have any terrels left. Good pretzels. <laughs> we tried. Uh, all right. Well, that's another episode of the Pretzel <laughs> Podcast. A, womp womp. That was a tour de force. Um, <laughs> I feel exhausted. I feel like I need to take a nap now because I've like, re- I you know want to receive a pretzel diploma. I've had this like philosophical talk about what is a pretzel, and then to end with this, I don't know that I'm going to give the, the either of these the official seal of the Pretzel Institute. How about you? Well, now that we have a Pretzel Institute, I would agree. <laughs> so um, we got a brand new review on iTunes by someone named Ben. So thank you, Ben. And if you are not Ben or Al, that means you have not yet reviewed the Pretzel Podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google or any of those places. Um, A requirement for leaving us a review is you have to include pretzel puns in your review. Otherwise, we'll delete them. Ben, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and Ben served up the pretzel puns in spades. So So, thank you, Ben. That's probably why we only have two reviews. But... (laughs) um, Yes. So listen to us, uh, or well, you're subscribe. already listening. You're yeah. already, listening, you're already to listening to us. But how about subscribe? Become our okay. next subscriber. Um, yeah, and you can find us posting our our pretzel finds on iTunes and Instagram at Pretzel Podcast. And, and you um, know, we're getting more and more people tagging us. So if you have a pretzel find that you want to share with us, do tag us at Pretzel Podcast on Instagram. Or you just want to, you know, it's like. Tuesday and you kind of need a little break from work and just want to talk pretzels with someone, we're here for you. <laughs> Michelle, uh, until next time, um, that that's us, Mitch and Michelle on the Pretzel Podcast. We are going to go eat some different pretzels now. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Thanks for listening to the Pretzel Podcast, produced in the studios of WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, and distributed by the Broadcasting Service of the Pretzel Institute of Technology.